0: hello everybody sean davis here for the raptors nation your home for everything raptors with your first raptors nation podcast that's right if you haven't heard or if you didn't watch our most recent video on the raptors Nation youtube channel which i highly suggest you should recommend we are starting the raptors nation podcast and i said we not me because we have a co-host for the show working with me luca rizzano Yeah, get that right luca how you doing man glad to have you on
1: yeah, no, it's great, Sean. A long time coming. Uh, Trevor obviously had this idea a couple months ago, and it's nice to have it come to fruition, a, a Raptors-based podcast, where, which is a little bit of a longer form show compared to some of the other YouTube content that's out there. And we're going to be talking about some of the biggest Raptors topics from the week that was. Obviously, for this month and September, it's going to be a little bit of quiet, but we still got a lot to talk about for this show and the shows to come, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited to uh, work with you, obviously familiar with your work from Lakers nation. And I know you are a very big basketball mind when it comes to every team, especially the Toronto Raptors. I mean, is it safe to say outside of the Lakers, you follow the Raptors, the the second most, if not one of the most teams around the association?
0: Yeah, I think I have to. now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, no. Yeah. I'm also really excited to get to work with you as well. Uh, so how this will work is every uh, Tuesday morning and every Thursday morning, you'll have yeah. a fresh new Raptor station podcast in your podcast feed. So do us a quick favor and go wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple music, wherever you get your podcast. go ahead over and subscribe and give us a five-star rating review as well. That was the easiest way to help us out. And yeah, it will be a lot of fun. So let's dive in here to talk about the Toronto Raptors and their offseason. Luca. what would you say has been, I mean, it's been a pretty busy one, I'd say. What would you say has been your highlight from the Raptors offseason thus far?
1: So it's kind of going to be a a two-in-one answer here, but I'm going to say a a couple of re-signings that happened at the very start of the offseason once NBA free agency officially started. And I'm talking about the Raptors bringing back Chris Boucher and Thaddeus Young. And let's first start with the Chris Boucher re-signing. Raptors bringing them back on a three-year, $35.25 million deal. And I'll be honest, Sean, I thought Chris Boucher would not be a Raptor going into this season just because there were a lot of suitors, potential suitors that were interested in Chris Boucher's services, and rightfully so. I mean, you look at Boucher's body of work, it speaks for itself. But the Raptors management, they did want to bring Chris Boucher back. And that's exactly what they did. And you look at Chris Boucher, I mean, he wasn't even that confident in himself getting this contract because he did start the season a little bit sh- a shaky. And he actually did say, I have a quote here. I-, I just thought they would either not play me and I'd be done at the end of the year. So Boucher thought at one point in time that his days with the Raptors were unnumbered. But then I would say in the new year, he really turned it around. He was still able to get 10 double doubles and uh, he was really able to contribute to this Raptors team, providing some scoring punch from off the bench and rim protection. And he was just that energetic, contagious energy from off the bench. He became that hustle guy that really sparked up that second unit. And uh, Chris Boucher, I know overall he had a bit of a off season from the year prior, but he's still a guy who's capable of putting up some six men of the year type numbers. I mean, in 2020, 2021, uh, he was a sixth man of the year candidate while he averaged uh, career highs 13.6 points, 6.7 uh, 6. rebounds, and 1.9 blocks. So I really think Boucher could be that sixth or seventh man from off the bench this season for the Raps. And then uh, the other highlight, uh, like I said, it's going to be a two and one answer. Thad Young, another big re signing for the Toronto Raptors. They brought back Thad Young after they traded for him midseason, giving up more on Dragic. And Thad Young was another. Uh, set to be hot commodity on the market, the Celtics, the Raptors bitter rivals, set to have a lot of interest in Thad Young. And that would have pissed me off if Thad Young went to the Celtics. So it was nice that the Raptors were able to retain his services. He averaged 6.3 points, 4.4 rebounds, and 1.7 assists per game with the Raptors. And he really stabilized that bench while providing that veteran glue guy type leadership for the Raptors on and off the court. And I think it's that veteran leadership that is really going to show itself throughout the course of a full season with this Raptors team. So those two re-signings, big for the Raptors second unit. And those are my uh, highlights.
0: Well, you went too, so I'll go with two as well. I'll go with a signing and a player not being traded. But first, I I honestly didn't think they were going to re-sign Thad Young Um, So being able to bring him back as well, I thought that was a huge positive. And Chris Boucher, I've talked about in the past as well, that if the Raptors wanted to keep him around, it was a very easy way to do that. They had his bird rights and they were able to retain him. So I do like them getting that done. Um, For me, I'm going to start off with the signing, Otto Porter Jr. This is such like a Nick Nurse pick, like just give me all the wings, all the size, all the shooting. I one it all. I'm not going to lie. I really wanted Otto Porter Jr. for the Lakers, as you brought up the Lakers a bit earlier. Um, but you're talking about a guy that, when healthy, was, a, I think, a big part of that Warriors team, that second unit, who started a bit as well, who has the three-point shooting, who is a smart player. Not necessarily some defensive guru or whatever, but he's definitely no slouch defensively. But coming from Golden State, where you have to be a smart basketball player to Nick Nurse, so you have to be a smart basketball player, it's just a perfect fit. And then not trading away Precious Achua and not doing like a Rudy Gobert deal, which I saw a lot of Raptors fans for some reason saying, let's go get Rudy, which I so vigorously, I guess is the word, did not want them to do that. I I like Precious Achua a lot, man. I think it was post-All-Star break where you were shooting like 40% from three or something ridiculous along those lines. Um, I vividly remember the Philly game at home. Uh, towards the end of the season precious gets a rebound he comes down the court ball, handling the ball comes down to the court pulls from 30 feet and drills it <laughs> how, how many bigs are doing that pressure and also he's a really good defender that can hang down low i thought he did a really good job guard as good of a job as he could guarding drill and beat in that first round of series against the the sixers yeah um so yeah not trading away precious not panicking like oh crap we gotta go do something and uh Signing auto Porter Jr. Those are probably my my two biggest ones.
1: Yeah, just to pay, uh, piggyback from what you just said. Uh, so the first, uh, the Porter Jr. I love that signing too. You talk about a guy in Auto Porter Jr. He was a key role player for the Ro- Warriors' championship run. He's a guy that is going to be able to hit those open shots when needed, and that's something the Raptors really needed, especially in that first round playoff series against the Sixers. And speaking of guys that uh, was a you know were able to hit some shots, Precious Achua, man, like he really solidified himself as a guy like you said he was able to uh create off the dribble he was uh, able to you know uh, shoot threes i mean this was a guy that only had one three-pointer attempt from a season ago and he made himself a three-point shooter this season with the raptors he had like eight three-pointers in one game against philadelphia it was crazy hitting the corner three so i think he's only gonna get better and uh, he is such a versatile player and i think he's only uh, you know, the sky's the limit to how good he could be, and then we don't haven't even talked about his uh, ability on the defensive end as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm really glad the Raptors did not part ways with Precious, and I agree, especially looking at what the T Wolves have had to give up for uh, Rudy Gobert. I mean, that's way too much, and I definitely don't want to see the Raptors give up that big of a package, especially when it comes to the picks for somebody like Rudy Gobert.
0: Out of curiosity, I'm only bringing this up. This is not planned, but I'm only bringing this up because you touched on just a little bit. What went wrong in that series against Philly, in your eyes?
1: Well, I think the obvious was just uh, health. Like, if the yeah. Raptors were healthy from start to finish during that series, they probably win that series. Like, Scotty Barnes, he has the scare. He obviously missed some time. Gary Trent Jr. wasn't feeling well. Fred van Vliet had to miss the uh, the last uh, the last two games, and that's literally a good chunk of the Raptors team. I mean, you're talking about three key starters and three guys that are gonna give you some much needed production. If the Raptors were healthy, Sean, I think they really would have pushed the Sixers to the brink and I would have had the Raptors winning that series. and I did have the Raptors winning that series, but you talk o- about how it started with the scaredest Scotty, he gets injured. And then you really just felt the team was a little bit demoralized. I mean, they go down three. yo, everybody's thinking. It's and Freddie just never looked right. But then they, 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 battle back. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just feel like once the way the series started, they fall down. Oh, three, they look demoralized and they never really found their true footing in that series, but credit to them. They were able to make it a series forcing that game six. But then in that game six, they couldn't hit a damn shot. And that's, Going back to the Raptors needing a guy who could hit some shots, and hopefully Otto Porter Jr. Uh, you know plays a big role in that for uh, this season.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think schematically, which was really just mind-boggling, but I get it because the hardened and Beat effect—they were helping way too much off of like the shoot. Like Tyrese Maxey killed them those yeah. first couple Especially games. Game one and two. Game one and two. Tyrese killed them, and I mean granted nick made the adjustments like he didn't really feel tyree's mask maxi the last four games of the series but man games one and two maxi pretty much won those like if Harda had not been there he might have won those games by himself so that's probably the biggest one and i've we've talked about that i like i messaged you after it happened game three that's not nick nurse's fault at the end the shot right no you agree? no okay.
1: yeah no i know a lot of people were uh Blaming Nick Nurse. I mean, Joel Embiid, man, he just had that, uh, I guess he had that luck of element on his side after suffering uh, at the, you know, fate of the Toronto Raptors in, in 2019. He got his revenge. He got his moment. And uh, yeah, that was uh, a really good shot by him. So yeah, for everybody who was kind of coming at Nick Nurse in that moment, that, that was uncalled for.
0: Go check out a uh, just cheap plug here. Go check out the film breakdown from game three of that series. And I show that it's not Nick Nurse's fault. If anything, Nick Nurse did the correct thing. But let's move on talking more about the present. And man, it is absolutely nuts in the NBA right now. Kevin Durant and the Nets are going through the roughest of rough divorces. Any celebrity divorce you could think of, that's what's going on between Katie and the Nets. So much so that Joe Sy has publicly uh, called Kevin Durant out without calling him out, without saying his name. He's went as far as calling him out as you can. Basically saying, uh, if you haven't been keeping up with it, KD has said, basically, you know, hey, it's me or Sean Marks or Steve Nash. That report comes out, I think, from Shams. Correct me if I'm wrong, Luca. Yeah. And then about an hour or two later, Joe Sy personally tweets out, basically saying, hey, you know what? I'm siding with Sean Marks and Steve Nash to help my team. Kevin Durant, how does this all affect the Raptors? It's kind of a two-part question, so let's start off with that one. How does this affect the Raptors?
1: Yeah, I I just want to say this to start. I mean, this whole Kevin Durant thing, man, it's getting crazier by the minute. And then I saw something a couple hours ago that apparently I'm getting off the Raptors uh, line of talking right now for a second. Apparently, when they were negotiating with the Boston Celtics, uh, they wanted Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I'm talking about the Brooklyn Nets for KD. I just saw the, that too. Yeah. The Brooklyn Nets are just downright delusional. And I think that's how this impacts and affects the Raptors. Because I, I think truly the Brooklyn Nets, their asking price is way too high to a point where teams are not going to budge, including the Toronto Raptors. And they're going to be forced to run it back with...
2: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Two disgruntled superstars in KD and Kyrie. I really don't see a team stepping up to the plate that is going to give the Nets what they truly want, especially after hearing some of the requests of Brooklyn Nets Have made and looking at the Toronto Raptors, they're obviously not giving up Scotty Barnes, and that is the correct call, in my opinion. I mean, I've been uh, on the side of not trading Scotty Barnes from the very beginning of this, that would just be downright stupid if the Raptors did that. But even outside of that, like, are the Raptors um, going to put together a trade package that the Brooklyn Nets want? I mean, I think you mentioned it on Twitter that right now, the Nets' best trade option would be a Pascal Siakam trade package and uh, that is something that you said would be one of the best um you know would you do that
0: there. sorry like, pascal and gary trying to few in some picks would you do that if you're messiah
1: well I, I i've always said this uh sean I, i'm basically anybody but scotty barnes if messiah okay. can pull this off without trading away scotty barnes i would do it but if the Brooklyn Nets are adamant that they want Scotty, like I'm okay going into this season without Kevin Durant, especially after the latest that KD's just become this drama-filled superstar. So I, I yeah, I would do something outside of Scotty Barnes. Um so like is that going to happen? I don't think so because again, I think the Brooklyn Nets really want the most in return and they're not going to just trade Kevin Durant away until they get that historic haul. So my personal opinion on this whole thing, Sean, is the Raptors aren't going to get a deal done here. I don't think the Celtics are going to get a deal done here. I really think the Brooklyn Nets are going to start the season with KD. And uh, I think conversations could come to the surface again, closer to uh, the trade deadline. But yeah, I just don't see anything brewing as of right now. I mean, if I had to pick one team, maybe the Celtics just because Brad Stevens is aggressive, but I don't see it as of right now.
0: <laughs> All right. So I apologize in ahead in of time. If I do go on a little rant here, um, I do actually think it's going to happen at some point. So you do think this off season before training camp. Okay. Although I absolutely disagree with the way Kevin Durant has handled this whole situation. If he really wants out, he's low key smart because now this has gone so bad. If I'm opposed to GMs, I'm not trying to push for anything right now because right now you could still probably argue Brooklyn, they don't have to do anything right now. They could just run it back. And that's the mindset of Brooklyn. But like, if it gets closer to September and it gets closer to training camp and you're opposing GMs are so like, Hey, guess what? This has gone really, really bad. You basically, I mean, not incorrectly, but you're saying you're going to go with your coaching or GM over your player. Also, by the way, This ultimatum is just ridiculous, and I think that's the whole point, because KD's saying, hey, either you do something ridiculous and stupid that none of the other 29 teams would do, or trade me. So now his value is going to, I think, his value is going to start plummeting eventually, and maybe not to the point where if it's seven first-round picks, it's four. So I do think somebody's going to step up to the plate and offer that and give Brooklyn the four picks or whatever, which segues into my point into my next or my second question. If they're both on the table, Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell, if I'm a side, I'm I'm rather trading for Donovan Mitchell than Kevin Durant. Do you agree with that? Or you say if you have your pick, you're still going Kevin Durant?
1: Oh, that's interesting. If I had my pick, I'm still going Kevin Durant only because I think he moves the needle more. And if you are able to get Kevin Durant and you still got guys like Fred VanVleet, Gotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, that team in my eyes is good enough to get out of the East. Whereas Donovan Mitchell, he's a great player, but we've seen that he can't necessarily be that guy in the playoffs. And I know people are going to say the same about well, Kevin Durant. I mean, he had to join a 73-win team before he found success, but KD is still KD. We've seen the big performances he's had. He can be very clutch, down the stretch and if the warriors didn't have kd in my opinion they wouldn't have beaten lebron james and the Cavs in that nba final so i'd rather if i had to choose between the two i'd rather the raptors go after kd than donovan mitchell but even donovan mitchell i mean they were saying that his haul is expected to be something like 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 close to six first round picks like it's crazy now i really think that rudy gobert trade sean just made other teams ultra delusional of what they could get back for a star superstar type player we're talking about Rudy Gobert getting that in return so no wonder Kevin Durant trade talks have consisted of the Nets asking for the kitchen sink and then some like it, it's ridiculous so that is why I think we won't see a blockbuster trade happen for the uh, for the remainder of this offseason and summer going into the season
0: that's why I think I'm hoping, I think the rest of the NBA is kind of hoping as well that a KD trade happens and that his value actually is plummeting a little bit. Because then, like, let's say KD goes for for, for four first-round picks instead of the whatever amount that Rudy Gobert went for. It was stupid. Um, then hopefully opposing GMs, arrival GMs, like, oh, okay, Minnesota is just stupid. This, even though he did destroy his value a little bit, this is the appropriate value of an, of a legit superstar, not a good player. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to go into slander really Rudy Gobert, but this yeah. is the appropriate value. So then if Danny H on so granny, you could also say Utah really doesn't have to trade Donovan Mitchell, which is fair. Um, but my whole argument for that is like, look, honestly, I think another guard playmaker slash scorer is more of a sneaky need than another wing that can score. I don't think you need that because you have Scotty, you have Pascal. Granny will likely be replacing Pascal with Kevin Durant, so that's the easy swap there. You have OG too. Like I just don't think you need another wing that can score and not really cre- create or facilitate. I'm not saying David Mitchell is this great playmaker, but he'll help. And like the biggest thing, I'm I'm honestly surprised. No about you, Luca? I'm honestly surprised the Raptors didn't really go get another guard in either free to steal the draft because the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, man. I don't know how you watched last season say, yeah, let's yeah. let's not get Freddie any help because yeah. everything ran through Freddie. He was initiating the offense. He was still asked to score and spot up shoot at times as well. I think Donovan Mitchell would just help take some of the burden off of R- Fred VanVleet so that he's not just burned out and gassed in the playoffs. Because like I said at the top, Luca, I don't think Fred Freddie looked like himself that entire playoff series because he was being asked to play 40 minutes a night yeah. in November.
1: Yeah, he had the highest, one of the highest minutes per game in the league, and that eventually caught up to him. And I agree with you, Sean. I I did expect the Raptors to address getting Fred Van Vliet some other help, but I think that's going to go into uh, their vision and having high hopes for guys like Delano Banton and Mm -hmm. Malachi Flynn. This could be his last hurrah. This could be his last chance to really prove that he could be that capable backup point guard and then jeff dowden jr if given opportunities he really played well at uh, summer league so there are a couple of intriguing options the raptors could put in that backup role for fred van vliet or i mean the raptors wouldn't want to do this route because you don't want to further burn other guys but we've seen uh, last season a guy like scotty barnes or siakam running the point as kind of that point forward so there are a couple of different options the raptors could take to alleviate some of that pressure off van vliet But I agree, somebody's going to have to step up to the plate and give Fred some much-needed rest because there's no way Fred Van Vliet can be expected to play 40-plus minutes and the Raptors are going to be uh, successful in the long haul. They
0: definitely need to save up Freddy
1: or else he's going to burn himself out once again.
0: Let's wrap things up here with some expectations for this upcoming season. Let's just go with the assumption that you don't make any big moves. This is your roster going to training camp at the start the season, and Brooklyn stays as is. They can't trade Kevin Durant, although we dip on that. They can't trade Kevin Durant, which means they don't trade Kyrie Irving. What are the, what are your expectations for the Raptors at the end of the season?
1: I wanted to ask you one quick question, Sean. Just going back to our last segment, this is going to be very quick. I just want to get your thoughts on this. So, Bobby March, just talking about trade talks and uh, things being realistic. He had a hypothetical trade and he thought this would be one of the best offers for the Nets. So Kevin Durant, OG, OG
0: and Gary, OG,
1: Gary Trent Jr., Thad Young, and four first round picks. Now, <laughs> do you think the Nets would do
0: that? Has Katie's value? I know I think Katie's value is going to fall, but man, no way it's falling that far. Like, if I'm yeah. Sean Marks and you're telling me no for Scotty, I'm at least asking for Pascal. That, that's exactly that's
1: exactly my reasoning so I was actually quite surprised when I saw that hypothetical from Bobby Marks because I'm like is this coming to fruition like all the chatter we're making online obviously trade proposals by Raptors fans are always going to be lenient and you don't want to give up star players because you would like to keep as much as you can but right. man to somehow be able to get KD for that that would be one of the biggest fleeces in NBA that's history yeah. like that that's that, that's crazy and I, I was quite surprised when i did see that because i'm i'm on the same boat as you sean like if you're not giving up scotty barnes that's already a known thing i would think you would at least have to give up siakam so uh but who knows man because besides ujiri he is the master of the fleece he is the the master of the trade so that would be wild i just wanted to bring that up because i did see it on twitter
0: yeah i saw that too i, I honestly scrolled by it because i was like <laughs> no way um yeah that that would be crazy i mean again if that's what it takes, and. Then... <laughs> sure, you that you had a a really, really big lineup. Now I'm thinking about like is Scotty or two. <laughs> Raptors are winning the championship by default. If they're able to keep Scotty
1: Barnes, Pascal siakam Fred Van and Lee. Fred Lee. Oh man, that yeah, that that, old- that would that that would instantly be a championship team. But going to your question here, expectations for the Raptors this season. So NBA.com actually listed the Raptors as the fifth ranked team in the east so they're actually showing the raptors some respect thinking the raptors are going to finish what they finished a season ago i'm just going to read the Who's list above here.
0: them yeah okay uh
1: yeah i'll go down the list so celtics one bucks two sixers three heat four raptors five bulls six nets seven hawks eight calves nine Knicks 10 wizards 11 hornets 12 pistons 13 magic 14 pacers 15 so the thing that jumps up to me uh, is, yeah, the Nets, you don't know what's going to happen with the Nets. Assuming they are all coming back, you don't know if we could see something similar to the Ben Simmons situation where you guys, where you got guys holding out. So that's why, like, it's really hard to rank the Nets. But going to the Raptors ranking here, I think it's quite fair. And I agree with this. And I would even go as far as saying, I can see the Raptors being a top four team this season, Sean. I could see the Raptors leapfrogging the Sixers, or even the Heat, and getting to that fourth spot. So I would say the Raptors finished either fourth or fifth. You look at the Heat, they lost P.J. Tucker, who is a big, big component of that team. And the Heat, in my opinion, they had, overall, a pretty disappointing offseason. They didn't really go out and get another player that can help them and really establish them as a championship contender. And the Raptors did have a lot of success against the Miami Heat last season. I think Philadelphia is one of those teams that, uh, I mean, they're going to be good this season, don't get me wrong, but are they going to be a team that's going to necessarily care about the regular season? Um, I think the Raptors could potentially leapfrog one of those teams, but I think it's safe to say the top two teams are going to be the Celtics and Bucks if both those teams are healthy. So overall, yeah, I think this is a very fair ranking, and I would have had the Raptors fourth or fifth anyway before even seeing this thing. So uh, what about you? Do you think it's uh, fair or uh, where are you going with this one?
3: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
0: No, I think it's fair. I was making weird faces because I I think everything after Toronto is just bad, honestly. Yeah. Um, The Pacers being dead last is what really is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Like... They're not going to make the playoffs. I'd be stunned if they did, but they're going to be a good team. They're going to be a tough out every single night. Carlisle's still a really good coach. They got some talent over there, man. Like, they're, they they're going to be tough. Um, Brooklyn, again, they're this massive question mark. So, them being seventh is fine. Yeah. Um, Miami's just a massive to be determined. Like, it feels yeah. like their roster is just, com- like, incomplete. So, they're just a massive TBD. Yeah. Um, and then Philly, I think Philly are still frauds. So I, I, Philly does not scare me one bit, honestly. So I yeah. think the ceiling for this team is probably a three seed. Um, like if if things went well, uh, Scotty takes that next step that we all think he will. You give Fred some daggone help. Uh, OG continues to develop and play well. Same with Gary Trent, who is still like only like twenty three, maybe even yeah. twenty four now. They're both in, insanely young. Precious keeps adding blocks to. Was well, been a, a really solid last season, transitioning that to a full season of playing high-level basketball. Um, Also, another thing that I think we should mention is this team is way deeper than last year's team, man. Like, we might actually see a nine, ten-man rotation from Nick Nurse, which seems like he has not wanted to do Finally. in the past year or so. But, you know, they actually have some depth, man, like depth. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. we talked about. You brought back that Young, Chris Boucher, Malachi Polanyi. You Your bench about is there, looking really. nice. It really is. Your bench, yeah, it's looking nice. Like Walker Kessler. No, Christian Coloco. Did I get that right? Yeah. yeah um, said Walker Kessler. That was uh going back to that awful Rudy Gobert trade. Um So, no, man, I think ceiling's a three-seed. I think this is a playoff team almost regardless. I think they're they're talented enough that even if it's a bad season, they're, they'll fall backwards into the playoffs. I, I just think this team is really talented and they're yeah. too well coached, man. So I don't even think you're gonna see a quote unquote bad season. Um, yeah, I, I'm just kind of irritated now because that list is awful. I'm so after number yeah.
1: five. Yeah, I think the biggest wild card is going to be the Nets because, of course, you're not going to know which version of the Nets you're going to get. I think the Cavs could be a lot higher, too, on this list. I'm very high on the Cavs. I think they could take that next step as well. But going back to the Raptors, yeah, you bring up so many good points. Well coached. They really turned it up in the new year. They're finally going to have a capable bench. And they got... So many young, intriguing guys that you mentioned, Sean, that can take that next leap. That can really make the Raptors scary good. I'm talking Scotty Barnes, who reportedly has added 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. Gary Jeez. Trent Jr., who you mentioned, is very young still, and he can continue to get better. He was so good on both sides of the ball. And then Precious. Like, I am going to be one of Precious's biggest fans this season because I really think he can be something special for this Raptors team. And he's only going to get better. And I think when it's all said and done, I mean, I think, I already think the Raptors definitely won that sign and trade. But when it's all said and done, Precious is going to be that big prize from that Kyle Lowry sign and trade. Precious Achua, man, don't sleep on him. I think uh, with those guys potentially taking a leap, you know, we were going to get from all or Pascal Siakam, All-Star, and Fred Van Vliet. Those guys are going to bring it every single night. Yeah, the Raptors are going to be one of those teams that will be able to beat whoever they play on any given night. And uh, I think having a full season all together, being healthy, this Raptors team is definitely going to be at the very worst, I would say a top five team. And like you said, ceiling, that's fair. I could see that being number three, because I think we can both agree again, Boston bucks. Those are the top two teams. But then after, after that, it's, it's really a free for all.
0: Yeah, Totally. And um, I will gladly join you in the precious Achua fan club. I will, you can be the president, but I will gladly join you in that one. Um, thank you all for tuning into the first episode of the Raptors Nation podcast. So just a quick favor if you're watching this on YouTube, please give a like and subscribe here to the Raptors Nation YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. And if you're listening on podcasting platforms or wherever you listen to your podcast, please do give us a like. Or, well, you can't do that there, but subscribe. You give us a five star rating and review. It's the easiest way to help out the pod. Luca, thanks for joining on, man. This was a ton of fun.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to continue to do this with you, man. Great stuff. And uh, thank you for watching, guys. We'll come out with nonstop podcasts again every Tuesday
0: and Thursday. Raptors Asia, here. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace out.